John, which part that you fell asleep to is your favorite? Oh my god, what have I done? Eggs Benedict Cumberbatch. Who the fuck is singing? Yeah, again, I don't know why I'm defending any of this. Okay, so I was right. Suck it, Zach. Love I it. will I fucking end you. <laughs> oh no, and this is the crazy thing about balls. Like, the more... The more <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 25 of Middle of the Road, the podcast. This week... Episode 25? What, what? Are... Big 2-5, yeah! This week, we're recording another new release um, episode. Uh, it is Annihilation, Alex Garland's new film. It is uh, being released in theaters in the U.S., Canada, China, and nowhere else. If you listen to us anywhere else in the world, it's going to be on Netflix this weekend? In a week or so? Um, which is a damn shame, because you should see this movie on the big screen. Uh, but we can get into that in just a moment. Before we dive into uh, Annihilation, uh, which I think we should probably get to spoilers as quickly as possible today for this one, what are people's thoughts on Alex Garland as a whole? He, um, he's, This is only his second movie he's directed, uh, the previous being Ex Machina, but he has been a writer for some time now. He collaborated with Danny Boyle on an adaptation of his own book. The Beach, he wrote the screenplay for 28 Days Later and Sunshine. He's also adapted a new version of Dread, the fantastic sci-fi dystopian-ish novel Never Let Me Go, um, which is my personal favorite Alex Garland product uh, that he's been close to. Um, But yeah, what did everybody else here think of Alex Garland before entering Annihilation. Yeah, I, I only knew about uh, Ex Machina, and that is, like, I would say it's in my top five sci-fi movies. You've never seen 2000. Dread? Well, he didn't Dread is overrated. That. No, but he's I, is... I, he's only directed one movie <laughs> besides this one. I just said... That, said... That's what I'm saying. I didn't know he had anything to do with Did Dread. Did you oh. go into Dread being like, wow, so, this was a really well-written script? No, you think about the movie itself and the I, directing. I love Dread, which only furthers my, my love for Alex Garland. Um, but Ex Machina, like, rounded out, is one of my, like, top five movies since... Two th- sci-fi movies since 2008. Love it. So when I heard he was doing Annihilation, I think, Zach, you were the one who mentioned that uh, way back. I was immediately like, okay, when can I buy my tickets? He also wrote a script for the Halo movie that never got made. I wish that would happen. Um, Lauren? Uh, I said thumbs up. I love um, Ex Machina. thought that was a really great movie. I love Sunshine. So, yeah. Never Let Me Go. You like Never Let Me Go. Yes, I do love that one. Super depressing, so don't watch that too frequently. Sunshine is great. You said he he wrote 28 Days later? 28 Days. Oh, shit. I prefer weeks. I think they're both great, but I mean, it's like just another reason to like watch anything he has a part of, like he has any hand in. Mm -hmm. John? It's got definitely a wide range of stories he's telling, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I've never seen anything he's done. Until this movie, I You're hope. You're a disappointment. Until this movie. <laughs> um, I've seen... Well, I guess... He he didn't... He was an executive producer for 28 Weeks Later. I've seen 28 Weeks you Later. You know how... No, didn't I, you just say he wrote it, Zach? Just the first one. No, the, the oh, first weeks. one. Oh, Weeks. Sorry. Yeah, but you know how um, Zach feels about uh, EPs. Executive producers. I actually don't know how Zach feels about EPs. How do you not know? We've had this conversation four times at least. <laughs> for, well, for then, all of you here's, here's another layer to that, though. <laughs> if you're an EP on a sequel to a movie you created, you pro- might have a little more input than just being like, I'm Martin Scorsese putting my name on this Chinese movie because I want people to see it, and they might see it because my name's attached to it. Or Tarantino does that a lot, too. Um, I'm looking at his page. I'm surprised 
I heard amazing things about Never Let Me Go. I thought I could have sworn it was nominated for an Oscar, but I guess not. Um, I didn't realize Ex Machina had more uh, acclaim than Never Let Me Go. I heard amazing things about Never Let Me Go. Nobody saw out. Never Let Me Go. I think Lauren and I <laughs> might be the only two people that saw Never Let Me Go. No, I uh, uh, shout out to my buddy Dave Stone, who was my <laughs> campus chaplain back in college. Um, he he was my go-to in college for like musics and film, even though we were not, we not had Rashawn. very two different tastes. Well, me and Rashawn <laughs> drifted apart during our college years, unfortunately. That so, wasn't an invitation uh, to talk about him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but he, I remember when he first came back after seeing that movie, and he was he was really excited for it leading up to. It. I think he re- read the uh, read the novel too by Kazuo Ish- Ishiguro. Is that his name? Close enough. I don't know. Um, but he came back and he was just like, this is my favorite film of the year. This is everything I wanted in a film. It, It's getting me to question or redefine what it means to be human. And I was just like, oh, shit, I should probably see this film. And then I never saw it. That was the most useless <laughs> story you've ever told. <laughs> I haven't seen anything by Alex Garland. So this is his first Alex Garland experience. Great. Um, before we get into Dread, what's your problem with Dread? What? You said that you thought, wait, thought it was pe- overrated. Wait, people people saw Dread? A lot of people just... saw Dread. Not in theaters. I just, I don't know. It was a fine action movie. I don't need like a two minute section of Lena Headey being in slow motion. Oh, that, was, <laughs> that that shit looked amazing in 3D. It looked stupid when it was two hours or two minutes oh, long. You saw it in 3D? <laughs> oh god, that'd be awesome. Like I mean, it was fine. I just didn't like it as much as you guys. Oh, I forgot that. I didn't realize it was Carl Urban as Red. I kept. I'm getting this movie confused with a uh, Robocop. One with Stallone? Oh. No, the ro- the, uh, the remake <laughs> of Robocop the and law. that. And what's the uh, what's the actor who was in the remake of RoboCop? He's in oh, House of Cards. Joel Kinnaman. He's also in Altered Carbon, which is super good. So we're going to talk about Annihilation, Alex Garland's second directorial effort. He, um, quote-unquote, adapted this book by... Lauren, do you know the guy's name off the top of your head? Um, something Vandermeer. Yes, that sounds correct. Jeff. That sounds like a fake name, but I believe it's also correct. <laughs> he the before we get into this the he has he's been quoted as saying he only read the book one time and then he told the director or the writer he's like i'm he told jeff he's like i i'm i can't make a just straight adaptation of your movie I can only do it the way I want to do it. And he wanted to, he basically felt like the move, the book was very dreamlike and he, uh, he thought he should adapt the film or adapt the book from just his memory of it. He didn't reference the book when he was rewriting it. Um, and that's where there is a lot of break. Did he read the book like 30 years ago? I, I don't, I mean, from what I've wicked commentary, from what I've Wikipedia'd about the book, uh, I think, and I think Lauren, who has read the book and wrote something about it on the website, actually, can attest to that there's very little to compare the two. But I don't think that's a problem. Um, I I get a feeling that that might have been one of Lauren's hangups with the movie. Am I? No, it's not. No? Okay. From, from what from what I've heard, is well, let's, like we the... have we have a we have a primary source here we can ask so. Lauren, how much of the did it feel like a did it feel like a giant departure? I would call it a very very loose, uh, very very loosely inspired by the book. Mm -hmm. Do you think do you think an adaptation of the book is doable? Like a more Um, faithful? No, I don't think so because there's so much to the book that you can't understand. Like the whole thing is about. Let me see if I, like, it's all the stuff you don't understand, like, you don't know who you can trust. There's hypnotism involved. There's, like, 
being influenced by outside sources. She's writing this all in a journal, so you can't trust what she's saying. She even says she lies to you numerous times. So it's like you have no idea what actually happened in this book. So, like, even even if you don't like this movie, I don't know either way, but you're saying that you're okay with the adaptation being as loosely interpreted as it was. Yeah, like, I'm that, fine with that it. That makes sense to you. Okay. Like, it's still the same location. It has a similar feel to it. So, like, it's inspired by I It's just not, like, a straight adaptation, but it's for the better that it isn't. Okay. So, if you're a fan of the book and you wanted that straight adaptation, it sounds like you're definitely not getting that here. And, um, but let's get into what we thought about the movie. Um, I'll briefly go first. I wrote a review for it on the site and I hailed it as a masterpiece in an instant classic. Um, I thought this movie was incredible. It, It was just extremely well done from start to finish. There was a sense of dread to the movie that just sucked me in from the beginning. And I felt that slinking into my chair throughout the whole film uh before we started the podcast we started debating whether this film was a horror film or not i was very tense and scared at a number of times throughout it and i think um there's there's a couple scenes in this movie that are as unnerving as i've ever seen in any other movie i think I thought it would be... I, I'm predicting this... If this movie's not my number one movie at the end of the year, we had a really good year in film. Yeah, I'm super high on this. I can't wait to see it again. I think I'm going to jump in after Zach because my opinion is pretty much in line with with yours. It, this movie is incredible. Uh, I don't think it's... I don't think I was as scared as you were, although there was one particular scene I would say is nightmare fuel but I was definitely pretty uncomfortable through the whole movie. Um, like in a, in a good way, not like I wanted to leave, but just very like into this movie. Um, I, I think it's also visually incredible, uh, just beautiful. And as I said earlier, uh, when we were talking about Garland, he has, now he has two movies that are in my top five sci-fi since 2000. It's just an incredible movie. I love it so much. And I also cannot wait to see it again. Which is why I'm bummed it's not coming to Netflix yet for us. Who's going to be the hammer? John or Lauren? Who wants to go last? Uh, It had a good soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No. Like, I mean, I enjoyed the movie until I hated it. Like, it was good. And it was great sci-fi. And we were actually getting answers for once. Which was really great for me. Because the book gives you no answers. Like, one of the quotes from the book I had written down was, um, come on. It, it was, it isn't true, but it could be true. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty much the whole book in a nutshell. And so I really appreciated getting answers. They made sense to me. And I was all for all the imagery and all that stuff that they were using. And then all of a sudden, it took Mushroom and crapped its pants. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what was going on in that ending, but I hated it. Um... I will. I vehemently disagree with you, but we'll move on from that. Um, do you have anything else you want to? So that you basically you were on board until the last twenty minute, five minutes of the movie. There's until a certain scene with Tessa Thompson. I like that I was scene on board. too. We got to talk about that's all. No, I didn't well. like that scene. Well, I like. Well, I, I did. I did. I know I, I, you think this movie's a masterpiece. Of course, you loved everything about it. <laughs> John. Um. Before I get into my thoughts, um... Okay, yeah, before that, one last note. The woman in front of me snored through the entire movie. (laughs) So that's that's another opinion of it, just in case you want another one. Part of me is Maybe she was super tired. No, uh, Zach, or Zach. Kyle thinks she was super drunk, so... (laughs) What'd Kyle think of the movie? He is in the same boat as me. Okay. Hey, can we have Kyle on sometime? No. No. Okay, fine. (laughs) Shout out to Kyle. You the best. Before we get to John, I, I'm still, I thought, to be honest, I 
I did, I'm shocked Ben liked this movie as much as he did, but we'll get into that. Oh, yeah. Too. I compare this movie to Mother. So when I saw he gave it five stars, I was like, yeah. what the heck like, did he like, see yeah, that I did I totally didn't? agree. Oh. I think this movie is comparable to something like Mother or... Like, there, there's the four movies on my mind are Blade Runner, which he loved, the, yep. the new one. Uh, the, it, comes at, it Comes at Night and Mother, I think, are all touchstones for this movie in... Blade Runner and more that. Well, I know it's so weird. It's so. Well, weird. yeah, that's we'll why I had no <laughs> understanding as to why you gave this movie five stars. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> I mean, I know how Ben said in the past. Like, I am assuming Ben just connected with. Did you connect to the characters here? Well, not just that, but it's like the story made sense. Like, mm-hmm. like Lauren said, there are some things that we don't get answers for everything. That's fine. <laughs> I don't think Lauren but... agrees. It makes sense in the end. Yeah. Okay, no, but what, I, what I'm saying is. It's At like, least the plot, it was kind of like, okay, so they're doing this, now they're doing this, now they're doing this, as opposed to Mother. I mean, that's was... how you could describe Mother. They were doing this, then this happened. <laughs> this no, happened. but it's like there was a path they were following. There was a goal. There was a place to go, as opposed to Mother was just like, let's have a rave in this house. Wait, no. Let's have uh, Middle Eastern warfare. Wait, No. Let's you have... could use both of those descriptions for the ending of Annihilation. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. So, did, so let's have there a was very a rave brief non. She brought in a dancer for the end of the movie, um, a dance choreographer, uh, Sonia Mizuno, <laughs> uh, who also did the, some work in uh, Ex Machina, apparently. But um, oh, she coordinated the, uh, the 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 Oscar Isaac dance scene, apparently. <laughs> nice nice oh and she's in that movie oh she was is the, she is she's, she the, she's the, the kyoko she, she's the asian she's the, one. Oh, yeah. awesome. the robot yeah, okay. the robot. yeah yeah so she makes a couple appearances in this movie but um so you you were totally on board with the ending though yep yep okay we'll talk about it more later john but this is my question because i don't have a huge sci-fi backing so i wanted to ask you guys like what what sci-fi what older sci-fi films like i tried to think of like i tried to compare this to like an older genre of sci-fi older type of sci-fi and i couldn't really think of anything so like uh 2001 space odyssey i haven't seen i would Um, the ending of this movie feels 2001 very much yes i would i Um, would agree with that yeah alien which i've seen part of but i don't i don't connect this movie to alien at all yeah this is different this is very different um like so i'm What's well, I think that's about... the thing. It's 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 a relatively new subgenre of sci-fi. I would say it feel it feels super impressionistic. The, and super the, the movies I was connecting it to were, I said again this. I think I just said this before the pod, but The Shining, in that the horror, the psychological horror element of it. I think It Comes at Night is a very another great touchstone for the dread that fills a movie, and Under the Skin is another sci-fi vibe i haven't i haven't seen under the skin i think under the skin you need to see under the skin if you could do this movie ben i think you might enjoy under the skin oh no i i I don't i don't think i wouldn't enjoy it i just haven't seen it Um, no i i would think you would think it's terrible but if you enjoyed this movie i think you might enjoy (laughs) under the skin that's what i'm saying um but then i like you were comparing it to like that kind of dread that's going throughout the closest thing I would compare it to is um, The Witch, which I don't really think of like as a traditional horror movie. It's just like you're did, pretty, you're uncomfortable the whole time through. So basically, did you like A24's the horror oh, movies? I, the, the Witch, The Witch was, yeah. We've just listed <laughs> three of them. <laughs> uh, the Witch was, uh, remember we did our top five horror movies on the website, everybody. Uh, that was my number two horror movie of all time. Although I did mention I don't, it's a very different kind of horror, which just like uh, that Annihilation is a very different kind of sci-fi. Okay, so would you, again, we were delaying this argument before the pod. Do you agree with me it's a horror film? Or do, are you on Lauren's camp that it's not? I think I can see, I, I would say, I would lean more towards you, Zach, but I can also see how it might not be considered that. What do you need to quantify it as a horror film, Lauren? I don't know. It just didn't feel like a horror film watching it. I am a, I, so like I, I was never um, feeling dread or anything. I felt some. I felt some 
tension and some dread from like the unknown of like what's happening and some uneasiness, but never in the sense of, and it, it definitely had similar pacing and tone to say a, a movie like the witch or, um, even like I finally saw, uh, did you the see the killing witch? of a sacred deer? I saw the witch. Yeah. Would you um, like the witch? Yeah. I liked it. I really liked it. Um, it, uh. It had probably one of the most uncomfortable endings that I've ever watched. I I yeah. really had an issue with the ending. Not not like I didn't think the ending was good, but that it had a very the exorcism deep on me. or like the ending ending or the like the boob ending. scene. <laughs> um. So I I felt a sense of tension and I felt a sense of dread. In but your again, pants. I, this movie this movie was more impressionistic. Uh, a similar sci-fi movie I connected to was love that uh that movie that was produced and the soundtrack was done by tom DeLong of blink 182 and angels and airwaves um so there was just always this sense of unknown and i found the sci-fi really compelling um but i think one of the biggest things about this film which especially at the end once you kind of get a reveal or an answer as to like sort sort of what's going on um there's this big spectacular scene and I think that was one of the things that I think was the coolest and hearing what you were saying about how Garland like said I really can't adapt this except from my own memory that makes a lot of sense because really this was just supposed to be a visually stunning film um and so I loved that aspect of it um yeah I was kind of slow in its pacing but it was really deliberate and it was really intentional and it had some wonderful, spe- uh, uh, maybe not special effects, like visual effects. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was a it was a good film. I I think it's hard for me because I know it's going to be a trilogy or it's no, part it's, of a trilogy. It is, it's, it is not. He has no plans to ever make I think another it's its movie. Own thing. Yeah. Oh, he's not going to make the trilogy. No, mm-hmm. no, he has no interest in it. Like the ending, the ending of the book and the ending of the movie are so radically different. But I would, really? I would totally watch a sequel to the movie that this one sets up, though. But, yeah, but he's definitely. not, he's not going to do it. I don't think. Oh, that's interesting. Then I don't know how I feel about that. Then because the ending was. We're not talking about the ending right now. It, hey Ben, it, it, don't you have a really important not, question to ask? Not John? satisfying. Not satisfying. Oh, John, what was, uh, what was your favorite part that you fell asleep to? So the part in between when um, she meets the the crew for the first time and then they like actually get into the shimmer or whatever um, or pass through the shimmer, uh, that was my favorite part that I fell asleep to because literally um, she was talking to Ventress after meeting the crew. And then I woke up and Natalie Portman was in a field. And I was like, oh, I, I missed some shit. All right. Well, that sucks. Um, you missed their attempt so yeah. to give the three other characters a little bit of background. Um, well, I I saw that part when she met, when she met the crew. I, I saw don't think that you part, missed anything I, then. Um, you might yeah. have just, like, for a quick second maybe dozed off. Um, I would yeah. say this movie is a sci-fi movie. And then when they get inside the Shimmer, it's a horror movie. And then it becomes a sci-fi movie for the last 25 minutes again. <laughs> uh, I'd I say it's, it ever it's sci-fi a horror with... film. I would say it's sci-fi till the end when it's horrifyingly bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would say that um, was actually pretty good. Um, I would say sci-fi with horror themes, but mainly sci-fi. Like, I was... Okay, I'm going to get us into spoilers so we can start... And I want to carry on this debate into spoilers. So, if you haven't seen Annihilation yet, go do that so you can carry on to this conversation. And I really think you should see it because it's excellent. And even the person who didn't hated it enjoyed most of their experience. Yeah, just leave early. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) when you see the lighthouse, just bail and just be like, she made it! Um... (laughs) So spoilers. That's kind of like the book ending. <laughs> so spoilers. Sure. Spoilers. 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 Um. So, to to the horror 
sci-fi discussion, um, I think, I, I mean, one, the screaming bear scene was yeah, fucking that's... horrifying. That might be no, the scariest thing all year. Oh my! It was it was horrifying. No, it's like it the bear. Have you guys seen the ruins? The the bear was scary. It but does it better. It opened its mouth and you could hear her scream. Jesus Christ! See, oh. I was too busy in that moment being like, "Now, what does mutation have to do with decomposition? Why can I see this bear's skull?" So I is was, this a bear? I, here's what I, was I I will agree with you guys in the sense that I was wondering. This was the first time in a scene that was that tense. Like that, or so, and so much of a like man uh, encountering nature, man versus nature moment that I was, I was actually envisioning myself in the chair with those women, and in in the theater, I kind of looked up and I briefly saw in my mind's eye like a bear right in front of me, or I physically <laughs> did because it was were on you the sleeping screen. again? And <laughs> no, and I I I got chills, and I it was I was just like, okay, no, I would be mortified if there was a bear right in so, front of me right now. Well, yeah, everyone would be. You don't need the bear in the movie for that. It's a bear. Um, Gina Gina Rodriguez, in my review, I mentioned, I think she's the weak link of the movie. Well, um, I think her change was the, sorry. too sudden. I'll just say the thing I'll say about that is they basically took four characters and their psychological like distrust of everyone and put it all into her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally could buy, see that. But I think, no, I don't think her her change came too suddenly. She was projecting her change for a good, like, 15 minutes. I'm like, I get it, girl. You're going crazy. But she nailed that scene, though, when she's like, oh, when she becomes the crazy one and doesn't even realize she's the crazy one. I, I like that one that, part, though. Yeah. She was just, I forgot exactly what she said, but she's like, but you guys are the ones tied up. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, when she got her face ripped off, I was like, yep, you probably deserve that for going psycho on these guys. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, some great gore in this movie, if you're into that. Another reference to my review. I prefer um, the deaths in the books, but that's not really relevant. It's not relevant at all. (laughs) Well, yeah, it is, because we're talking about Annihilation, so it's relevant. (laughs) And I could go on, but someone's being an asshole, so I won't. Well, how is it? What what are the deaths in the book? No, I'm intrigued. No, you're you not. You just told me it. it wasn't important. I'm just saying we were talking about the book. I don't know if you want to spoil the yeah, book. Yeah, but we're talking that about death, so I would have been it. comparing it to the movie. Well, what? Is the bear in the book? No. Damn it! Yeah, isn't it like a monster? Like an undescribable monster of some it's sort? It's like an amalgam that you can't make sense of, so. Yeah. Uh, is it? And it definitely doesn't chase them around. Speaking of stuff you can't make sense of, how about that alien? Like, that was weird, but <laughs> good weird. I really liked that. Just I like... hated it. <laughs> so it, it was, it was. oh, here's an old science film that I've actually seen. Science film, sci-fi film, uh, <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So it it was very akin for me to that scene where you finally encounter the aliens and meet the aliens or whatever, that kind of thing. And that was the emotional... Uh, the emotional climax of the movie when you're trying to like when it's where the most revelation is in terms of like what's going on and who's behind all the changes that's happening. Um, and I think it was really powerful that this scene was essentially just Natalie Portman, excuse me, miming it and this person mimicking it or this CGI, whatever I think mimicking it goes it, the other it way. Them. And it wasn't CGI. It was a woman that they, they, I mean, yes, it was. CGI, Wait, are you? S- but they, it was, it was shot. The the woman, the Japanese woman we were referring to, is a dancer, and they they choreographed that dance together. And I think I I could be wrong, but I I got the impression they filmed it on set with them going against each other. That's even more impressive. I don't know. I so Lauren, let's get into this. What 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 broke the movie for you? Um, probably when Tessa Thompson decided to be a plant. I thought that was really cool, actually. I like the scene up to that point. Like, the whole, there is no consistency to the mutation in this place. Well, that was kind of the point, though, wasn't it? No, what, how is that the point? Also, uh, so, that's actually one thing I did want to bring up. It's like, um, you guys are asking me why I like this, and I don't like Mother, and I don't like um, It Comes at Night. Because It Comes at Night, I didn't give two shits about any of the characters in the movie. This movie, I, in Annihilation, I cared about almost everyone it also like 
kind like it's it's a it's a wide explanation like it's refracting dna as much as it's refracting radio signals first question isn't refraction when something goes through something wouldn't it isn't it supposed to be reflection that is happening here um i think reflection happens at the end but i think the refraction well i always took it as like refraction is the generic bending and just changing like the way i saw it reflection is specifically like back towards its original trajectory like our dna and everything within this place was going up just like bouncing back and forth and every time that happens it was making changes the shimmer was a melting pot of dna that's so that was the explanation i i saw it's just that and what was causing it was the alien existing it's it's spot there and that was enough for me to believe it's like okay the bear yeah it's changing into something different the the shark or the crocodile with shark teeth makes sense but it's like that kind of that kind of thing it's it's loose logic but it's logic i can follow with mother it's just i don't like random circumstance after random circumstance yeah but mother That's isn't just... relevant oh my gosh um... <laughs> no it's it's shitty but sorry zach that that scene i i the reason i enjoyed that is just like she took like the peaceful way out of this place she didn't have anything to go back to. She was... She just... She found peace here, and I thought that was kind of beautiful. While she was like, you know what? I'm just going to be a flower here. Oh, no. I, I agree with you at that part till the point that she became a shapeshifter. Well, you could see, like, the shots before. Like, she was... Oh, like, yeah. I know had, you like, could... I'm just saying. It's like, how long was that alligator there that it only grew a row of teeth? And she's been here for, like, a day, and now she's a plant. Well, they don't know. I mean, yeah, they were in there for year, months. I think it was because she got bitten by uh, the bear. That's what it but was. But we never saw a wound on her. Guys, I really think to really dissect the uh, the not the metric. What am I? The the logic or the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reasoning. F. Yeah, to to try to figure the way out for the rules of this universe and how it works, I think is taken away from the main point of the movie. Um, I think it was again, it was just supposed to be this weird sort of impressionistic. Like, there's all these changes that are happening, and some of them seem okay, but some of them seem uh, concerning because about how different they are and how they're affecting the humans. And you've got all these different characters and all these different. Uh, humans who are reacting to it in a different way and have their own motivations and have their own baggage and tessa thompson's character is someone who pretty soft-spoken has a lot of emotion obvious uh, excuse me obvious emotional turmoil in her life and she's put into a situation where uh, there's a lot of change and society in the real world is saying this is concerning because this is outside the status quo and she's finding some sort of comfort in it. And I thought it was in- incredibly powerful that she at the end finally views all this change. And I forget what the line she says is, but maybe it's maybe it's not bad or maybe we're supposed it's to accept not, it. It's not and destroying. It's making something new. It's made yeah. perfect. And she says that when f- she finally has taken off all all her sleeves and she's exposing her scars and i thought that was a really beautiful moment um rules of how it works that she now turned into a plant lady aside like that's just that's a powerful statement that yeah, it just made. and i'm all for that i just thought like with her showing her arms i thought this time she was gonna slit her wrist like upwards instead of across like i knew she was going to die in that scene it just was like wait what the hell just happened like this is when the mushrooms came <laughs> Yeah, but, but it's but like I, I would have accepted that scene far more had the ending been good for me. I'd have been do like, you okay, think you just... would have accepted it if. Wait, you, you would have seen... accepted that scene far more, or you would have accepted the ending had that I, scene like, been better? Like, I wouldn't have. I feel like, th- I don't know. Just because I hated the ending so much, this is the part where I look like I look back to and be like, this was the beginning of the end for me. Whereas had this if, been, I would have just been like, okay, that's weird, but I'll go along with it. Had it then continued on that way. Like, the ending was just, like, weirdly abrasive and weird and made no sense. And, like, it no longer if, fit in the rules of the movie for m- the way I, 
like experienced it. Like it was just like, oh yeah, we're just in this place and nature's all circulatory or and with all, everything's blending all that stuff. And then these aliens showed up and were like, and I was there. <laughs> it's so weird. But would you have been more accepting of that scene with Tessa Thompson if the change had been more gradual? Oh, for sure. Or if you had seen it like actually happen? Like it was just, it was so weird that it was instantaneous to me. Like I completely I mean, I w- understand the changing in our biology and our physiology and all that stuff. It just like why it's just weird that suddenly she was controlling it. I don't think she was controlling it. She just she just gave herself well, when over she to accepted it. Yeah, it the fine. reality. Yeah. It still it still just happened so quickly. It was weird. Uh, it just seems I, I can I can see. I, I know, Zach, you don't agree with me. We can I'm move not on from the scene. You. I'm just saying, I, it just, it's, oh, it's, a, it, if you're totally on board with the, the poetry But nothing of it, in this movie happened like that yet, so it just felt off to me. I, um, my, I would disagree on the alien just kind of popping out of nowhere. It's like, that's, it's the, that's the reason everything is there. I'm, well, yeah, I'm but okay like, it, the, mo- the rest, the, or the, previously to that point, it just felt like, okay, maybe there is some pathogen or some mutagen on this meteorite and somehow that's per- like making this whole thing happen it was like some- I didn't expect there to be like a humanoid alien at the end of this movie doesn't the movie do I thought the movie did a good job of building on what's capable of this it, you know like at first we get the there's only a few instances of it we get the um the, the crocodile and then yeah you gonna see the deer with the There's the like flowers. the deer but then like the bear we, we learn that the bear can quickly take on some of the DNA of its Yeah, victims. but like what does that have to do with an alien that like she even says she like she's like I don't even think it knew I was there. So it doesn't feel like this alien would have been a part of everything else that happened. I'm not arguing for that. I'm just saying the 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 lot if you're looking for logic, which I don't think you should be in a movie like this it i'm it's the logic within the movie i'm not saying it has to be based on our reality as we know oh it. no no but i'm saying that's but i think the film does a good job of slowly building up to how fast something the changes can happen in this we we, we don't well, know how long that okay i that, don't agree with that that alligator and, and shark and the thing is like together. we don't we don't know what the alien is exactly doing to make all this happen we just know the aliens there and the we're, shimmer we're, is there we're having two because of we're it. having two conversations the buildup that we we learn about the, the the gator, then we have we see the bear and some of the plant life, and we see the dude in the pool who had merged with his with the the, everything, and then um, yeah, but like in my mind, all of those things can be explained through gradual transformation. But the bear is less yeah, than gradual was, but it, that's the only it, thing it, about the bear was that it suddenly had her essence or whatever it still but that was, was pretty quick bear. it was within yeah, just by well yeah her. but like and most of her and most of her wasn't even eaten okay that's fine it ate her like throat though so it's like it made sense to me in this world this just felt weirdly abrasive and i was hard for me to accept as it presented i also think the end of the film with how quickly the alien changes form um God, that i ending. think the retroactively makes that change seem more plausible as well i mean the ending like what's her face jennifer jason lee becomes a fire-breathing dragon then natalie portman looks into the deadlights then suddenly she has blood on her nose from god knows where it just comes deadlights. drops into it and then this alien's like and i'm here now and they do a dance, and they mirror each other, but it's not actually mirroring, so it's really weird. It's like, it just, I don't know. What do you mean it's not actually mirroring? Well, I mean, in some ways, they're mirroring, and then other places, like, when she runs to the door, the alien should have run in the opposite direction mm-hmm. by that logic. Yeah, and instead of, like, slamming and when her she, the door, like, or when she gave stuff. it the bomb, like, the grenade, it shouldn't have just stood there, because she ran away. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, there's some it, the the mirroring that's happening was a choice too. Like when they're on the ground, they act. I mean, I think the movie yeah, does I a good it, job of. I think of, it was like playing, right? Yeah. Like, but if of, it doesn't know she's there, then what would it be playing with? But that, but but Natalie Portman doesn't know what was really going on. Well, either. neither do we. So logic stands that she knows just as well as we do. 
But we're watching as an outside observer. And, and she's I think, watching as an inside observer and thus understands the situation more. I don't think that's necessarily true, but... That's fine. We can disagree on this. Like, I don't know under... Like, never mind. Just whatever. I don't know why you're so defensive. I'm just... I'm just having a conversation. I'm defensive I'm because you guys you. aren't accepting that I'm... It's okay for me not to like it. Who's saying I, it's... No, no I'm one's fine. Saying, I'm not I saying you have to like it. I'm okay... <laughs> I'm okay to agree to disagree. I like as once I saw the ending, I actually I I thought that it was going to be a very divisive movie. Like I thought people are either going to love it or they're going to hate that ending. It's going to be a make or break. All all I'm doing is explaining how the logic worked for me. I'm well, I know, but we've been talking about the same way. thing for like half an hour. If we don't agree, let's just move on. Well, we're talking about the end though, and I think there's a lot of interesting things to discuss about the end of that movie. And what that alien was thinking and why it didn't want her to leave the door all of a sudden and why it just stood there with the grenade and why it was okay to leave with... I think the thing that I've thought about the most with the movie is what happened with Kane and how that all played out I think is really, really interesting. I I was just saying I love the very ending where it's like, well, I'm not really lena anymore well i'm not really kane anymore okay i don't think cool. she says she's not lena she's not sure well, but she's that. not herself she says, i don't she's know been mutating. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so it's true, not that too, yeah. It, that's what i really liked about it it's um i don't so think she's like, not lena in the way that he's not kane well yeah it's two yeah. different versions of yeah. not being who you were at the beginning of yeah. the movie or i think in this. a way the shimmer the shimmer still exists because they're i mean the actual place doesn't but Here's something maybe you guys can explain. What was the tattoo? Yeah, I don't know. That was uh, interesting. Because it was I, on I the no plant idea. guy. Yeah. Then it was on, um, oh my God, Gina Jane Rodriguez. the Virgin. Yes, thank you. And then it was on Natalie Portman. <laughs> but there's like, what is it? So I didn't know if whether or not. Um, yeah, I didn't, like I didn't we understand were, we were either. Get I just an... thought it was interesting. Well, let me. Let me confess. I didn't know if that like occurred like during the part that I fell asleep to, so I kind of like, <laughs> all right, let me just maybe they'll explain it later. Um one of the lines that I thought was interesting was at one point during her interview when they flash forward to her interview, she says form is corrupted, form is duplicated or something like that. So I thought it was interesting. I never saw the tattoo on uh Gina Rodriguez's character until after I saw it on the plant wall, dude. Well, I'm not sure it was on her before that. Yeah. And you see it on Natalie Portman before you see it on her, too. Yeah. Well, you see it on her, like, in the current In the interview. But she also references her arm in the boat early in the beginning. uh, And she's, like, scratching at her arm like it was bruised or something like that. When she got the bruise or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. which I... was wondering if, like, I thought we'd maybe see a gradual transition to the yeah. tattoo and, like, everyone would have them, but instead it was just suddenly it was there. I, like, it, it, it was like snakes, wasn't it? It was like a it snake. Was, it was just like the infinity eight. symbol. It was yeah. an Ouroboros. Yeah. yeah, the Ouroboros. Yeah, so that, I thought that was actually kind of cool. Or Ouroboros. Just saying that it's, yeah. con- that it's continuously going, which I thought the, the-, the theme of this movie is, like, everything is continuously going and changing and combining melding meshing to go back to my horror film angle um the fucking everything in the barracks with the video of oscar isaac cutting that dude open and then the imagery of them finding him all disformed like the thing came apart and ate him in uh the wall horrifying just terrifying stuff (laughs) i thought it was unsettling i mean the only the only scene where i was really scared was the bear but Oh my god, that bear was... Um, we didn't touch much on the acting or anything in this movie. Uh, I think everybody was quite good outside my quibbles with Gina Rodriguez. The girl, the woman, the the vaguely European woman uh, who's played Shepherd. Shepherd um, yeah, she... The one who gets killed by the, the bear, yes, right? Yeah. She, she was really interested. Like, I thought she was going to know. She knew more what was going on. Like, when re- referencing the arm thing with Natalie Portman, she she gave, like, a knowing look or glance at that. And I, I was like, hmm, what does she know? And then it didn't play out to anything. But um, 
I think we could have gotten to know her just a little bit more. Yeah, for before sure. Before she died. Yeah. But then again, we needed we needed those stakes. I'm not. I really liked. Yeah, I agree with Zach. All the acting I think was phenomenal. Also, I think it was really cool that for this type of sci-fi film, uh, it felt the main pretty much the entirety of the cast was female. So I thought that was cool and kind of a uh, turn for the genre, which was needed. Um, I think specifically also Jennifer Jason Lee did an awesome job, but I mean, we should be used to that cause she's also in the great Netflix show atypical. So, yeah. um, but no, yeah, I agree with you, Zach. I think the I think the acting was really great. It, I can't, it's hard for me to tell whether or not Gina Rodriguez just seemed out of place because I know her and I feel like the world's probably known her and gotten a customer as Jane the Virgin, which is a super bubbly, uh, super positive character. So whether she's doing comedy I've never seen or Jane drama. the Virgin, so I don't have to compare it against anything else. I just think she was the weakest actress of the, the bunch, that's all. I didn't but. have a problem with well, that. And, so. and, and, and partly she be, wasn't par- bad, partly because she was the weakest, though. Oh, no, I'm just saying to me no. there wasn't a weakest. No. Um, Oscar Isaac also did there, there was like a look I think I referenced it in my review he like raises an eyebrow at the end of the movie in just like the most subtle of ways that really made you like he just like within the shimmer or outside of it and I think when he, at the very last scene of the movie like when he, he was hugging Natalie Portman yeah he was like okay. looking at her like ooh you're you're um you're you're not gonna rat me out <laughs> uh like there was a knowing like oh you're we're not gonna kill me now because i'm not the original kane does anybody have any thoughts i don't have any theories on what kane's thought process was with I mean, I would think having like her I... go having his double go and bring her there does he is he vengeful in that action does he think something's gonna come out of it does he think? I think. Does he think I, this is I a better version would... of himself that maybe she won't cheat on? Uh, I just took it as it was an alien who had memories of Oscar Isaac's life, and that's why he went home. But he. So think, I'm talking uh, about the, or, the original bit... Kane. Why he? Well, the original him Kane's dead. But he asked him to go find her. Yeah, at that point, I just took it as like he was a little like not all, like there's so much involved with this mutation and stuff that i think at that point he was just i don't know it's like I think like it's at that point he, he was wasn't so even confused. talking with the same accent so it's like he, he wasn't he was, all there he was yeah he was so damaged by that point he's just like this other me probably is more it's more me than i was uh than i am now which i love when he came on screen he looked like just evil with how his hair was slicked back, like slicked back and stuff. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of corny, but it worked. Yeah, I think he was just physically, uh, him more so. Like one thing that was interesting about this film is we didn't see the physical toll of, uh, like all these characters were essentially kind of uh, killed or annihilated by the Shimmer, and so we saw um, Cass's character get eaten by the by the bear we saw the same thing happen to Anya we had we saw Josie kind of give up and accept and release her soul into the void um and then we saw Ventress kind of become one with somehow this alien life form yeah forest yeah in in again a beautiful a gorgeous an extremely awe-inspiring uh scene Weird. But Oscar Isaac, <laughs> Oscar Which, Isaac, Isaac isn't he bad just, all the time. Well, for me, it was he, bad. <laughs> like we we know we disagree on this, but I just one thing I found interesting with that was the word annihilation was like a self destruct word in the book. Like she actually tried to make Natalie Portman's character kill herself in the book by saying annihilation. So it was interesting that she used it on herself in the when, movie. When I heard the when I was, I read the wiki thing of the hypnosis thing, I'm glad that did not make it to the movie. That I I don't know. That seems a little. Oh one one big thing that I forgot to mention I really liked was I thought it was a very bold move in the beginning, like one of the first scenes where it's like, oh yeah, they're all dead except for Ventress. Maybe I don't know. So it just kind of it it, 
gives you the character's fates right at the beginning. I thought that was a pretty... Yeah, that's something Stephen King does a lot in his work. Oh, no, no, she said she said some of them were dead, and then he said, and Dr. Ventress, and she said, I don't know. I think she said, I don't know about um, uh, Tessa Thompson as well. Um, okay, yeah. but it, I, I like how it, it kind of... We're, Foreshadowed like, that. It sets Ooh. up that, oh, we, we already know that there's going to be one person who makes it out, and nobody else survives. Well, or, and I loved... I loved like sort of how each of their fates kind of reflected their personality. I guess specifically with Josie and Do- and Ventress because Ventress has been like sort of this determined, like uh, emotionless individual who was so set on her goal of like r- figuring out what was going on or whatever. And she has the quote like, "You're either gonna like one way or another, one person is going to make it to that lighthouse. I'd prefer it be me. Meaning like she didn't want to lose her mind before she got a chance to like get to the lighthouse to figure out what was going on. And then which one- made her, her, which made her destiny or her fate like that much more compelling. But if you can contrast that with o- Oscar Isaac's character, he made it there fully as a human stayed there fully as a human for a while, saw a clone doppelganger get made of him and went crazy because of it potentially. And it was kind of like, we didn't get to see a lot of him throughout the film, but he was probably one of the most human characters. And especially when he was talking to the video camera and just kind of voicing his confusion and his frustration and his resolve to just kind of like get it over with and kill himself. It was, that was extremely powerful too. Um, I, I would say he had gone crazy long before he made it to the lighthouse. Like the video of him cutting his friend open was pretty, like was a pretty big indicator that that crew was kind of losing their shit. Well, I already. just took it as it was in, like that guy was going to die anyway. Something was going on. They needed to figure it, out what the hell was happening. Yeah, in his defense, his insides were turning. So yeah, they were moving. <laughs> it was like that one thing. It was like Cloverfield paradox all over again. <laughs> I like the imagery outside the lighthouse as well of like all the skull like the dead people the glass that, trees no I, more sits. more of the the more of the the bodies and the, the headless spines and like what, what was like it just made you real like what what happened here they got they couldn't even go in the door they like killed themselves right out there for some reason um yeah also phosphorus grenades are fucking scary <laughs> Um, I thought also at the, the, in the last little monologue in the interview room that Natalie Portman had about, you know, it was, it wasn't here to attack us or any, that really just made, for whatever reason, that really made everything coalesce for me to just really solidify, like, yeah, the whole movie I, for I me. I love that too, because it's, it's not like, it's not like an alien would come here just to, like, invade, it's just... Mm-hmm existing it just it, was it, randomly here yeah yeah aliens gonna alien it's just there uh and then you know it wasn't necessarily hostile either like it did get out of the shimmer it, it found a way to leave with kane and it just and lena no i don't i disagree lena was still lena yeah lena well, was affected yeah but she was yeah, just but affected that was just by to the show shimmer that's like yeah. She's definitely a mutated individual. Like whether or not she was an alien, she was still extremely affected by what she went through, and like yeah, I mean everything she has she been changed. Tar- yeah, I would say the shimmer lives on in both of them. In a well, sense. yeah, but one's an alien, one isn't. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Okay, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Yeah. Nothing but praise here for me. Um. Uh. I'm I'm a little bummed the ending went off the rails for Lauren since it sounds like she was enjoying it beforehand. But um, John, what's your you you haven't really said overall what your final feeling on the movie was. Well, I think real quick before I get to that, um, I also I'm with the ending. I'm it's interesting to think that Natalie Portman's character had such this strong tie to her identity and saying like, no, I'm not gonna let someone else become me and like. I'd like whether or not the implication or she inferred that they would be replacing her out in society or whatever, whether or not that's what she was thinking, like her strong resolve to be to like cling to her identity and be like, no, this is me 
especially since her body and she's the one who's seeing the physical to- or the physical evidence of like her DNA changing, her cells replicating, et cetera, et cetera. Her strong will to cling to her identity and affirm that and her authenticity and her uniqueness. I thought that was interesting in light of her accepting, we'll call him fake Kane or yeah, Kane 2.0 or whatever. Just despite her knowing what's that fane fane oh good one you're a lot smarter than me okay fane um despite her knowing that it was fake and it's not like we still don't know what this person knows or what memories they have or like yeah he somehow kind of vaguely showed up back at their house um well he just magically appeared. so that it sounded like (laughs) yeah versus like this uh yeah, so she's able to accept him somehow, maybe because she's still clinging to the memory of her real husband, despite her, like, very, very visibly and noticeably, like, rejecting her own doppelganger. I just, I thought that was interesting, and I didn't know if that was, like, kind of a interesting point or comment on, like, the power of love or the power of, um, that memories can have a hold on us. So yeah, um, overall it was—I mean—it was a good thinking sci-fi film that I'm at least due for another viewing. Maybe, maybe in theaters. Maybe, maybe once it comes out on Netflix again. Uh, but yeah, I did appreciate watching this in the theater just for some of those scenes again. Like, okay, you were texting about a couple of those scenes which are like amazing. Which ones in particular were you talking about? You mean are you talking to me? Yeah, uh, I referenced both the bear scene. And the finale, and uh, explosion, explosion, explosion of uh, Ventress, Ventress implosion. That, I consider that all the ending, the, the whole lighthouse sequence in general, um, and then the everything from the turning the camcorder on until they 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 go to sleep basically are just three all timer amazing scenes for me. But I still wouldn't rank this movie above Never Let Me Go for me. I, I still think that's my favorite Alex Garland work, if that goes to show how much I love that movie with the amount of praise. Here's what I'll say. Fun. That, scene, that scene of Andrew Garfield, like, falling to his knees and screaming in the middle of the ro- road while, like, Keira Knightley or Carrie Mulligan, like, goes and embraces him. Like, oh, man, that's a super powerful scene from the trailer that I watched of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's even more powerful when you f- watch the movie and figure out why he's so frustrated. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, Zachary. Um, anybody have any final so- thoughts on the m- annihilation? Bears are fucking scary. That's that's all I got. I like how Natalie Portman uh, have you pulled started... the Jurassic Park. Don't move. <laughs> it won't be. It won't yeah. Get you. Yeah. Lauren, have you started the rest of the trilogy? No. Gotcha. Do you plan on it after reading the first one and watching the movie adaptation? I'm not in a rush. I, yeah, if they <laughs> made enough. a sequel what? to this movie, I would totally watch the domestic drama between Kane and Fane and uh, Lena as they try to figure things out. That's going to do it for Annihilation. Uh, come back next week where we flash back again to 1998 and we're going to discuss uh, who directed that movie. Is it a Nancy Meyer movie? Uh, no, but do you know who's in that movie? The wonderful Tom Hanks. The radiant Meg Ryan. And Greg Kinnear and Dave Chappelle and Steve Zahn. Directed by Nora, Nora Ephron. Ephron. Sorry. Nancy Meyer. Okay, Nora I was going to say Nora Ephron. Uh, it seemed like a Nora Ephron movie, but... It's, okay. uh, the movie is You've Got Mail. Um, this is John's first pick for our flashbacks. Right? Is this your first pick for a flashback? Uh, I think the only I other ones so. were Ben movies. So, yeah. I think this is Ben... Uh, John's first pick for uh, his flashback uh, of the six that he picked out for the year. And, yeah. It's... It's a romantic comedy classic for a lot of people. And having seen this not too long ago, 
I think it's kind of super creepy too uh, <laughs> with the way that Tom Hanks plays out this relationship but we can talk about that more next week until then go see Annihilation oh, yeah, I will go say, see it on the big screen one, oh, no, yeah. prove Paramount wrong that they should have never sold the rights to this and that we want interesting sci-fi like this on the big screen yeah but until then you've got to watch you've got mail if you want to listen to next week's podcast what were you gonna say john uh i may or may not have, have taken a majority of my romantic inclinations and tips from exclusively this film well we all no know why john's you're single, single now <laughs> yeah um so until next time i'm zach oldenberg you can find our writings at middleofrow.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd, wherever you want, under the handle at Zach Oldenburg. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter at, at the Grigsby Bear, or you can follow all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. Hashtag no the. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Go watch You've Got Mail, and remember the best seats are in the middle of the row. <laughs>